This is good old boy Mike from Sips, Suds, and Smokes podcast, and you're listening to Pop Goes Your World. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. And now it's time for our feature presentation. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me. And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation. Episode 211, 1982, Pop Culture Fantasy Draft. Brian, along with Derek Myers, and this is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. It's been a few weeks, Derek, but we're back. It's uh, time for another pop culture fantasy draft this week. So, so Derek and I are going to be drafting a team of three movies, three TV shows, and three songs, and one personal pick, all from the year 1982. So this should be fun. But before we get started with the draft, Derek, welcome back. And were you able to get any pop culture in over the past few weeks? I'm sure you were. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's great to be back. Uh, I had a chance to take a little vacation. My wife and I went to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Nice. And uh, we had a great time. Uh, Vegas is one of my favorite vacation spots. I usually go at least once a year and have for the last 20 or so years. So I uh, hadn't been in a while since, obviously, uh, COVID lockdowns. So this was the first time in almost two years since I had been there. Probably the longest drought between my Vegas trips since my very first Vegas trip. So it was very nice to be back. Had a great time. Got to see my Boston Bruins take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so that was fun. Nice. And I uh, did a lot of gambling. I actually did pretty well in the gambling department. I don't want to say I won a ridiculous amount, but uh, I, I really just didn't lose a ridiculous amount, which in Vegas, that's a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it was great. Had a great time. It was nice to nice to have a, an actual vacation and not just a staycation like we've been having for the last couple of years. No kidding. Uh, some some traveling snags about crossing the international border from Canada to the U.S., but I kind of expected that. Yeah. So you just need a a big dose of patience. And um, yeah, the vacation part was fantastic. The traveling part a little less so, but uh, no, it was great. It was nice to to rest and relax and recuperate and and just change of scenery, change of pace, change of location and. Uh, I'm pumped. And of course, because I had two long plane rides from Toronto to Vegas and back, uh, I got mm-hmm. a chance to watch a whole bunch of things on the plane and uh, cool. you watch? just had a lot of downtime. Uh, well, I watched the uh, the Netflix series Inventing Anna. Have you heard about it? Have you watched it? My wife, I, I watch think, it? so if I understand this, I think this is one my wife was just telling me about tonight. She wants to watch. Is it with the girl from Ozark? Yes. And then we, so she put it on tonight, my wife, and she's like, oh, I want to watch this because the girl from Ozark is, is in this, um, Ruth or whatever her name is in that show. Oh, I want to watch this. And I'm like, that, that looks like Anna Klumsky. I think that's Anna Klumsky from my girl. She's all grown up now, obviously. Yes. It's been, yeah, you know, 30 exactly. years. Yeah. But uh, so, so tell me, is it good? I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, cool. I think it's nine, if I remember correctly, it's nine one-hour episodes. Um, it's by Shonda Rhimes, who created Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. So there's a lot of role players in the series that are from those shows. So if you've watched those shows, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces in, in some of the supporting cast, which is fine. And if you do watch those shows, you, you're going to get a pretty good sense of 
the way the story is told. And and I I mean I watched Grey's Anatomy and and uh, I, I watched a little bit of Scandal, and so I I got exactly what I was expecting. It was made for Netflix, so there's a little bit of swearing and a little bit more mature content than you might get on network television. But it was good. I enjoyed it. It's uh, you know I I didn't know anything about it. It's based on a true story apparently, and so uh, some of my friends and even my parents were very familiar with the the real life story it's based on. I knew nothing about it, so I was coming in completely blank. I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And, I mean, you know me. I like movies about people who are con artists and, and do the long con, and, and there's mm. always that what's really happening. So so that idea of the story really appealed to me. But, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's been out for almost a month now, so we're a little behind on that one. A um, couple other movies I had a chance to watch. A uh, new Pixar movie from Disney dropped called Turning Red. Um, it's available on Disney+. Plus. And sort of one of the one of the interesting things about this cartoon is it takes place in Toronto. So there's a lot of Toronto landmarks. There's a lot of references to Toronto pop culture uh, that are pretty accurate. Uh, a whole sequence of the movie takes place at the baseball stadium. Uh, the movie takes place. 20 years ago so they're calling it skydome which sort of threw me at first i'm like why are they calling it skydome and then you realize oh the movie takes place in 2002 it was still called skydome back then so um i i mean i like the movie pixar knows how to make a good movie it's they don't you know i think it's safe to say they have never put out a bad film uh they definitely put out some that are not as great as others i i found this one sort of right in the middle for me again the main character is a young adolescent girl and so as someone who is not a young adolescent girl and is not a parent to a young adolescent girl, I really didn't have a frame of reference for some parts of this film. Um, but my wife watched it and some of her friends watched it and they all thought it was fantastic. So um, it was decent. I think your kids will enjoy it. Um, you know, again, Pixar and Disney know how to make a movie. Um, I watched a movie from 2014 called Nightcrawler. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. Have you ever seen it? Nope, never even heard it of it. It stars... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, Bill Paxton, and Riz Ahmad, who you might know and or recognize from, he was in Star Wars Rogue One, and he was in a movie that came out last year, the year before, called The Sound of Metal, about a drummer who was going deaf. Um, and uh, the movie is about Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who is a complete scumbag, and he becomes a, um, a news reporter who basically goes out at night, hence the title Nightcrawler, and he has a police scanner. And when he hears there's been like a break-in or a car crash or something like that, he races to the scene of the crime, takes footage, and then sells it to the, to the news. And it's it's fantastic. I had heard great things about this movie and never really got around to watching it. And then I had a chance last week to finally I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to sit down and watch this. It, I, it was riveting. I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was great. So we may actually have to watch that on an upcoming pod because it, it was that good that I would love to see it again. And I, I think you might dig it. It's it's not your typical kind of movie. And I'm not usually a huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. He's sort of hit and miss with me. But man, oh, man, he is hit in this one. He's fantastic. So Nightcrawler from 2014. Really good. And then the last one, we went out to the movie theaters this weekend and we watched, to no one's surprise, The Batman. Oh, of course. <laughs> I assume you have not had a chance no. to go to the theaters no. and watch The Batman. <laughs> I have not. I watched Batman from 1989 a little while ago. Well, there count? you go. And <laughs> so we went, again, I won't say too much about it because I know some people haven't seen it yet. I don't want to really spoil much, but it is, I thought it was really good. It is very long. The runtime on the movie is three hours. And if your theater is anything like my theater, we had to sit through 15 minutes of advertisements before the movie even started. So from the time your bum is in the seat to the time you get out is probably going to be 315 to three and a half hours 
So you may want to think twice about getting the large soda, but, uh, <laughs> but it was good. I enjoyed it. I did think it was a little too long. Uh, it's more of a detective story than an action adventure movie. So it's, you know, even if you think, you know what Batman's all about, this is probably going to go in a slightly different direction than you expect. And, um, it was uh, it was decent. I mean, I liked it. I, I I always liked that aspect of Batman as more of the detective and less of the action hero. And they do not waste any time going through an origin story. It's very much treated like the new Spider-Man is treated. It's like when you first meet him, he's already the superhero. So the movie starts, he's Batman, and there's an established canon, and you just accept that and you move forward, which I think everybody was glad for. But uh, yeah, I know it was. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was quite good. It, it, aside from the length, I thought the story was decent. I thought the performances were great. I thought the take on some of the traditional Batman storytelling that they sort of turned on its head was done well. The big criticism this movie is getting is that because it's like a film noir, it's very dark. The whole movie takes place at night. It is raining through most of the film, so a lot of the scenes are very, very dark, and it's sometimes hard to see the detail of what's happening. It reminded me of when. Um, in the last season of Game of Thrones, they had one of those episodes where everything took place at night and the White Walkers were fighting and all, and no one could see anything. And then all the criticism online the next day, people were like, well, I kind of know what happened, but it was so dark. Uh, that's the same kind of critique that this is getting. It's, uh, I mean, you can see what's going on, but you know, it's that the balance between style and actually showing the audience what's happening. So. But no, it was good. I would recommend the Batman, but I think for a lot of people, they're just going to wait till they can stream it at home or, or watch it on, on Blu-ray because it is quite long. And I think you're going to want to pause halfway through to get a snack and use the bathroom. I like the fact, anyway, I like the fact that we take like a couple of weeks off and we come back and like nothing has changed. You're like, Hey, here's all these new movies. Here's a new episodes of on Netflix and a new movie you went to see. And all my stuff I'm going to tell you about, is like old Gen X stuff. So, I mean, just, of course. Okay. So lay it on me. What are the greatest hits? But, you know. Well, well, like yourself, uh, I also had a chance to go away and, and have a little bit of a, a vacation. It was a working vacation for me. My family got to enjoy themselves, but I was working the whole time remotely. But we, we went down to Florida for a bit. And most importantly, in the course of our travels, I, I made it down to Fort Myers, Florida, which, as you may or may not know, is the home of my favorite millennial of all time, Yancey Eaton. So after about 10 years of having an online friendship, we've done two different podcasts together and, and countless Skype calls over the years. Yancey and I finally met in person. It was so cool. So, uh, and did, it, did he meet me live up to your expectations? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the weird thing is, is that it's, it's odd to be, you know, being, being a Gen Xer that you can have one of your very best friends in the world be someone that you had never actually met in person. You know, back in my day, Derek, we referred to these people as pen pals, you know. So, uh, so right. anyway, so, so we met up and we went to a park to look at, like, look for manatees. And, and they weren't there that day. I guess they were probably all out at sea fooling sailors into thinking they were mermaids or something like that. But mm -hmm. um, we went to like a Dave and Buster's and the kids went off and played some games. And it, and it was actually perfect. Because it gave us the chance, we already know each other, but for our wives to also get to know each other. And Yancey's wife is just, just the most amazing person. You know, no no real surprise there. You know, they're just both genuine, sweet people. So, so what you're saying is Yance, Yancey's the reacher in that relationship and she's the settler. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably yeah. fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was great, man. You know, and the thing was, when it was time to finally get going, 
we just couldn't even leave. Like we probably hugged and said goodbye like six times. We were in the parking lot. <laughs> we were like, goodbye. All right. Okay. Hug it out. It was so great to meet. And then, oh, we just keep talking. And we, it was like, we didn't want it to end. It was just so amazing. So, okay. So that's, that's one thing for me. But, but the other thing's a little bit more pop culture related. So, so on the flight, like, like yourself, Derek, on the flight, I had a chance to watch a couple of things. Now I flew on Delta Airlines and they have these little screens in front of you, you know, for watching they have these like preloaded movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So, so on the way there, on the flight down, I watched the 1986 version of Little Shop of Horrors. Have you ever seen that, Derek? Not in a long, long time, but uh, it's interesting you bring that up because there was a Little Shop of Horrors slot machine when I was in Vegas in almost every casino. So, oh, nice. Anyway, keep going. Nice, nice, nice. Little Shop of Horrors, 1986. I'm sure I you've had, seen it many times before. How did it hold up? I had, I had never actually seen it. I'd seen parts of it. It was fantastic. Like the the songs in it are like they're so musical theater. You know, it, it it was like a throwback for me. It reminded me of when I used to do musicals as an actor back in the day. It was really good. Now the plant itself, let's just say it came off as a little bit racist <laughs> to say the least. If you go back and watch it, you'll know what I mean. But the rest of the movie was really good. I I really liked it. Like oh, some of the songs were just so good. And then on the flight home when I was coming back. I was like looking through like the menu of the movies and seeing what was available. And I realized this might come as a bit of a surprise, but I have never seen the movie Carrie, the one from 76 based on the Stephen King novel. Neither have I, but I don't like horror films. So that shouldn't surprise you that I haven't seen Carrie. So I I see it on the list and I'm like, hey, perfect. I'm going to watch Carrie. This is cool. I've never seen this. But the thing is, so everyone has their own screens in front of them, right? But... You can see what other people yeah. are watching. You know, like you yeah. can just turn and like look at the screen beside you and see what, you know. You can look at the, the, the people in the row ahead of you and see what they're watching. Let's just say that Delta should really consider this when it comes to the movies that they choose to put into their lineup on the plane. Oh, my God. So you, you've never seen this movie, right? I, so. I have not seen it. I know of it, and I've seen uh. sequences from it. Well, so I kind of think I know where you're going with this, but keep oh going. Oh my God. So let's just, so the movie opens up with a bunch of teenage girls at, at school and they're in gym class and then they go in the shower, in the, you know, in the, in the locker room and there's nudity. And I mean, full frontal nudity of teenage girls, lots of teenage girls. And, and here's me sitting on this plane watching this movie with like full frontal nudity with these teenage girls. I just about died. Like they shouldn't allow this stuff. I'm sure your 10 year old son sitting next to you was like, I don't know what he's watching, but I'm interested now. (laughs) After about 15 minutes of this going on, I finally decided I I can't watch this anymore. And I turned it off. But uh, so I, so I watched like episodes of like beat Bobby Flay from the food network or something like that on the the way home. But uh, Oh my God. I, I assume there were no fully frontal nudity in Beat Bobby Flay. No, no, it's not. It's not what you think. It's not like one of those uh, the one of those movie titles that we did a couple episodes back there. I gotcha. So gotcha. It's, it's all good. All right, we got this. Here's your dad joke of the week, Derek. How do you know that the new Lego store was a huge success? Oh, um, I have no idea. People were lined up for blocks. 
for wow. blocks, Derek. They were lined yep. up for blocks. Blocks? Blocks? Works on two levels, Chris. Do you get it? Yeah. Oh, two levels. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> this technology's no good. I'm an old man, and oh my no, God, and I wish it was a picture tube. Like, hey. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. Oh my God, the world could come to an end. I mean. I know Derek. He wasn't really mad at me for that. I'm not even going to go down that road. It's like watching Coronation Street. I swear I will not kill anybody. The brother from another planet. Boo, boo, turn the sound on. My goodness. Oh, Derek, we're like, I'm a big baseball fan. I want to mention baseball resolved their strike issues. So that means it's fantasy baseball draft season. And, you know, we like to get in on the fun around here. So since we're pop culture, you know, that's what we're doing right here in this podcast. Although I, I used to host a fantasy baseball podcast back in the day. We do a thing here where we pick a year from Generation X and we each draft a quote unquote team of three movies, three TV shows, three songs and one wild card, like a personal pick. And the movies all had to be released in 1982. The TV shows all have to debut in 1982. And the songs have to be on an album that was released in the U.S. in 1982. So we are going to uh, have a draft right now. And then the way it works is we, we each draft a team. We're going to go back and forth. It's like a snake draft. And then when we're done, we're going to present our list to our panel of judges. And they are going to pick a winner. And whoever wins gets the trophy, which is, of course, the Funko Fonzie trophy. Now, you currently have the Funko Fonzie trophy, and I want it back. So we're going to have to have ourselves a, a, a real tooth and nail kind of draft here today. But 1982 is the year, and we need to have a, a coin flip. So we're going to have behind the glass, we have our producer Sloth is going to do a coin flip. And Derek, you get to call it. So the coin flip has been done. What uh, what would you like to call? I'm calling tails. It is heads. I'm sorry, you do not win. That means I will be picking first. Okay. I was just, I was saying to you yeah. before we, we came on uh, into the studio to do this. I'm like, man, songs, you always kill me on the music. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm, I'm going to, one thing I've been doing a lot is I go to the movies right away. And I'm probably going to go to the movies first here. And it makes a lot of sense because the movie I want to go with was the number one movie at the box office that year with $360 million. And the thing was in 19, I always go back to this, like 1982, Steven Spielberg was working on a, on a film that year and and everyone in Hollywood was buzzing about it like all these industry insiders they were they were like 100% certain that his new movie was going to be this runaway blockbuster and it was like the most anticipated movie of the year and the movie was Poltergeist which Spielberg wrote and produced but it was directed by Toby Hooper but Spielberg, so you're taking Poltergeist your number one pick I'm is not, that what you're saying I'm setting this I'm okay up. with that yeah I'm setting this up right because Spielberg at the time while Hollywood was buzzing about this movie Poltergeist he was also working on a second smaller film, this little personal project for himself. And it's, of course, E.T. And the story of an alien that gets lost and befriends this little boy. And not only did it go on to outgross Poltergeist, it did the unthinkable and it outgrossed Star Wars. And it became the highest grossing movie of all time until 1993 when uh, Jurassic Park stole its crown. But um, and the thing was, I remember back in 1982, I remember hearing about this movie. And it had these like little small ads in the newspaper, like in the section that had all the movie ads. And it just kept growing and growing. And, and, and these little movie ads, I remember, just kept getting bigger and bigger. And before you knew it, like word of mouth was out there. And, and then E.T. all of a sudden was everywhere. And when I think back to 1982, you know, having lived through that time, the first thing that I think about uh, is E.T. So that's, that's what I'm going to go with. So E.T. is my first pick. 
Yeah, I think that was it. That was an easy first pick. Yeah, I think so. So. Yeah. When you were like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm going to do that. I was like, who's he, who's he kidding? He's taking E.T. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've I've only done this in one previous draft, and I think it really hurt me. But I kind of think that this might be my still my best move now that you have E.T. I'm going to go with a television show. Okay. And I'm going to pick, pick Cheers. Nice pick, bud. Nice pick. I figure... Uh, you know, the the when we did, I think the very first draft we did, I, I think I, I misjudged the importance of movies over TV with our judges. And I went with the TV show with my very first pick when I probably should have in retrospect gone with the movie. Uh, you ended up winning and uh, that's the way that worked. But I think I think this year there's a couple of TV shows that are head and shoulders above the rest that are yeah. staples. And I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. One of the comments I got from uh, from one of the previous judges and one of the previous things is they said, you know, I liked your list, but you didn't have Ghostbusters on your list. So I just couldn't do it, even though I might have thought the other nine picks were stronger than Chris's other nine picks. It's like I think for a lot of people, there's one or two key things from that year. And if they don't see it on the list, everything else is irrelevant. And I, I think, think Cheers is going to be yeah. one of those. I think some of the yeah. judges are going to be like. If your list doesn't have cheers, then you do not have the definitive 1982 list. So in, although I didn't get E.T., which I wanted, I th- I think I'm I'm still in the running here with cheers. But this we've only drafted one pick. We got yeah. nine to go. Let's see. No, where that's goes. a great pick because I think that's probably the that's might be the single most iconic TV show of the 80s. Right. And, and the thing well, is, like I, one thing we've always struggled with when it comes to these fantasy drafts is when you have to you, you got to pick TV shows that debut in the year and so in this case 1982 but the thing is most tv shows don't get popular in their first year they usually take a few years you know before they find their legs and they find an audience but i think i think cheers is perfect for this this kind of draft because not only did it come out in 82 like it just, it endured right i think it's going to play well with the judges and the thing with that show was like it it struggled out of the gate when it, when it yep. first came out finished dead last in the nielsen dead readings. last Yep, Dead last. I remember. And NBC I'm, actually canceled the show, if you remember. But all these people wrote letters to the network. This was obviously back before they had email and social media. Like people actually had to write yeah. a letter, put it in That's an envelope. That's the 1982 equivalent of going on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. And they'd have to like mail it in, right? But it worked because NBC brought it back. It was a big hit with the critics. Uh, it won a boatload of Emmy Awards at the end of that season. Uh, it's. A, I think it's a perfect pick for this. So, no, no that's a good one. I like that. I think you really killed it with TV. Like that was that was a good one. I think of all the drafts that we've done so far. This year, nineteen eighty two, might be the toughest to do in regard to songs because I was looking at the list and and a lot of the top songs from nineteen eighty two were all on albums that were released in nineteen eighty one, right? Yes. So they, they don't qualify. Mm, I don't know what to do here. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go kind of outside of my comfort zone I'm going to go with a song the number one album of all time is Thriller by Michael Jackson it was released on November the 30th 1982 and Michael Jackson he helped redefine you know the music of the 1980s with this album there was a huge backlash towards disco back then and and let's let's face it Michael Jackson was arguably one of the biggest culprits (laughs) with disco with that don't stop till you get enough it's probably one of the most disco-y disco songs ever. But uh, he and Quincy Jones knew disco was dead and they had to go in a different direction. And they basically changed music forever with one album. And uh, Thriller is the biggest song off the biggest album of all time. It's the best music video ever made. I'm I'm going to go with Thriller as a song. 
Wow. I, I did have that as my number one music pick. I didn't think you were going to jump right to music. Yeah, just because you, you normally just kill me on music, and I feel like I need a leg up in that category. Also, I'm going to get just smoked. So that's why I wanted to do it. So, all right, over to all you. Right. Okay, I'm going to do the thing they say not to do in drafts. I'm going to pick my second pick on TV and just kill you right here. Okay. Taking Family Ties. Oh, God, that's a good one. Damn it. So I think with Cheers and Family Ties on my TV pick, you can take any other three shows you want, and you're not catching me in that category. There might not be a more beloved actor from the 80s than Michael J. Fox. He became a superstar with Back to the Future, but I've mentioned this before on the podcast. What he did on Family Ties was something else. Like, if you think about it, you've got this family of two hippie parents from the 60s, and they decide to settle down and have kids, and they're like, liberal and free-spirited what what could be more antagonistic than having a right-wing conservative son right and the thing is any other actor you know would have made alex b keaton this unlikable guy but michael j fox made you love him you know i I, that's a good pick i really like that show a lot this the thing is too is this tv show for me um having grown up watching it and everything it was it was all about that, that sort of generational divide that we all experience. We experience it on this podcast all the time. And the thing is, this show kind of flips the whole notion on its head because instead of having the conservative older parents and the liberal kids, they turned it around, right? Yeah. And it was like a perfect metaphor for the Reagan years in America. And uh, I don't know. The thing is, if you if you put things in context too, with all the stuff that we're seeing like nowadays with right-wingers and stuff, Alex P. Keaton kind of comes off as quaint <laughs> and harmless. Yeah. You know, I think if this was remade today, it would probably be a horror rather than a comedy. But uh, that was a, that's a great pick. Damn. Man, I'm going to be in trouble with TV shows now. Um, okay, then in that case, I'm going to have to go... Oh, man, I'm going to have to go back to movies, I guess. Oh, this one might surprise you. Mm-hmm. It won't. I know exactly where you're going. I, I have your uh, so Chris behind the scenes before the draft happens. I I have like so for example, my song list has like 15 songs on it. Now obviously, mm-hmm. I only need to, to pick three for me and three for you and right. a personal six. pick. So the most yeah. you're ever going to need is six plus one for seven. But my song list is ridiculously long. So I've got my one, two, three, four, five, six. But then I've noted down here, Chris pick, Chris pick, Chris pick. The, like I mark <laughs> off the ones I think you're going to pick. Right. And so with I do that with all of them every time. So with movies, I have a list of probably about 15 movies here. And I have written down beside three or four of them. Chris pick, Chris pick, Chris pick. And then I got a couple of like Chris personal, Chris personal, Chris personal. Um, and I mean... So I, I, I got a pretty strong sense of where you're going to go next. Unless now with that explanation, you're going to just completely take a left turn and, and do something. I don't know. Unex- this is, movies are tough. There's, a, there's so many that are just so endearing to me. And the thing is, like I always mention, we got to put things in context. You know, we want to make sure we, we went over the judges. You know, it's got to resonate with the judges. But this movie, when it came out, was not a big hit. I'm going to go with this. It, was, it made $27 million. It only finished 30th at the box office. And that's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I remember watching this movie when it came out. It was on the movie channel. I would have been about 14 years old when it came out when I saw it. And let me tell you, for anyone who wasn't there or is too young to have experienced it, I cannot understate the sheer magnitude of 14-year-old me seeing Phoebe Cates in the red bikini. Like, I think I think I can confidently say that I speak for an entire generation of men when I say that that scene was probably 
the single most defining moment in, in my puberty. <laughs> you know, like it was, and, and we've discussed this at length here on the pod, you and I, Derek, and they do not make movies like this anymore. But the thing is, Fast Times is not just another teen sex comedy from the 80s. Like it's realistic, it's gritty. It was, it was what being a teenager was all about, especially back in the 80s, you know, hanging out at the mall, going up to the point. You know, like being scared and nervous about sex and trying to fit all of it. I, 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 this movie, I got to go with this one. So it's Fast Times Original High for me, right? Bit of a surprise, I think, for you, but that's what I'm doing. No, no, no. That was it was definitely a Chris list. Beck, that would, I'm sure, on your list. Yeah, well, my, my one-two picks in movies were E.T. and Fast Times. I knew you were going to get at least one of them. I just didn't think you were going to jump back to movies that quickly. So mm. um, I'm going to jump into songs because I don't want you to, you know, get too far ahead in that regard. Uh, this again is one of those uh, examples of uh, of a band that probably had more success with the album the following year. But um, I'm going with Duran Duran, "Hungry Like the Wolf." Great pick, great song, oh. great video, MTV darling. I was listening just today. I was listening to the uh, the serious uh, '80s on Eight countdown, and the year they were doing was 1983. So it was March 1983, and this song was like in the top 10. And that's the D- the, the DJs were saying, like when we were on MTV, this song wasn't originally a big hit, but when the video came out, it just you know breathed life into it. And it was, again, at a time when MTV didn't have a lot of videos to show, so it had ridiculous rotation. It was being shown over and over and over again. It had that sort of Indiana Jones ripoff vibe. So there was a lot of, a lot of pop culture coming together in various forms. And I, I mean, I love Duran Duran. I think this is definitely one of their best songs. I think this is definitely one of the most um, quintessential pieces of Duran Duran, of the Duran Duran profile. So yeah, I, I got to get it on my music list. I couldn't let you have Thriller and Hungry Like the Wolf. I think that would have been just the nail in the coffin. So I got to get into the music. So Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran, my uh, my first music pick. Absolutely fantastic pick. Now, now I'm getting scared because you got two TV shows and I got nothing. I got nothing there. That being said, oh God, there's so many good movies left too. Oh jeez, there's not a lot of good TV shows left. <laughs> now you do have two movies, so if you pick a third movie, you're giving me a green light to leave exactly, the movie. Exactly, and that's what I'm worried about. So, okay, I gotta get a TV show, and I gotta get something that you know people are gonna relate to. Oh my God, there's not much. Um, I have to confess, I have never seen an episode of this show. It just never appealed to me. However, it just screams early 80s and 1982 to me, and that's Knight Rider. Yeah. You've got the new style at Trans Am that just came out. you got that red light at the front of it, so it kind of looks like a Cylon from Battlestar Galactica. The car talked, and you got David Hasselhoff. You know, don't hassle the Hoff, right? And it had this really, really cool and kind of 80s instrumental theme song, too. So I, I got to go with Knight Rider. I got to get a TV show, so Knight Rider is it for me. Yeah. No, I figured that was my number three TV show. And I'm like, uh, you've got to go there for your next pick. I'm sure. Um, okay. I have two, two TV shows. I don't have any movies yet. And I've got one song and you know what? I think I may go back to the songs. Because there's some there's good still ones a lot here. of good movies out there. God, that was a good Well, that's it. Film. I think. God. And because you've sort of got the top two, I think I'm going to be playing catch up in the movie yeah. category. So I and and yeah. Um, so now I've got two song picks, but three that I really want. And I really I really have to figure out what order I want to do this in. 
Oh boy. I think this is one of those ones where I'm going to leave with my heart instead of just following the numbers that are written on my draft sheet. And this mm -hmm. always kills me when I do these drafts. I'm going to go with just because I think it's a bigger song. It's had a longer life. It's from a, a bigger artist, just like how Duran Duran is like just a huge band that's, mm -hmm. that's lived on forever. I got to go with 1999 by Prince. Mm. I don't know if that's something you would have picked. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But uh, I, I got I had to throw a Prince song in there. I think he's too big an artist in the 80s in general to not have him on the list. And I figure if I got Duran Duran and Prince as two of my music picks, it may not equal Michael Jackson, but it should keep me in the songs a little bit, I think. Yeah, so that's, that's my... Cool. Uh, that was and that was on the 1999 album that came out that year. So that's, well, that's pretty good. Oh man! So you're going. So that that was that was that your. Oh, so you had hungry like the wolf. I had hungry like the wolf as my third pick, which was my first song pick, and I so I did back to back songs. Yeah, so hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran, and 1999 by Prince. So now I've got two TV shows, two songs, no movies. I still, oh, I don't know what to do here. Again, I want to go back to movies, but I'm worried that if I do, then that's going to free you up to. To do whatever the hell you want in every other category, and I don't really like that. I'm gonna go back to TV, I guess. You got two TV shows, I got nothing. Oh, do I want that one though? Oh, jeez, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm so... All right, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Newhart. Yeah, yeah, um, that was the next big show on the list. It was big. It was, but I, I feel like it was underrated a little bit. Like one of the more underrated. Like I mean, you got Bob Newhart. One of the kings of TV sitcoms back in the 70s when he had the Bob Newhart show. And he just seamlessly goes into this show in the 80s. And the thing is, the supporting cast was just so good. Like Tom Poston and Mary Fran. There was Peter Scolari and and, and, and Julia Duffy. And of course, Larry Daryl and Daryl. It was a really good show. And, and I think also it might have had one of the greatest series finales of all time. Bob Newhart wakes up in the morning. And he turns on the light and he's laying in bed beside Suzanne Plachette, his wife from the 70s TV show. And he turns to her and he's like, honey, you wouldn't believe the dream I just had. Like, just what a perfect way to end a great show. I, I guess. So, yeah, yeah that's what I'm going to go with. I'll go with Newhart as my TV show. So second TV okay. show. All right. Well, much like we just, just I'm not wrapping up songs or TV by picking a third pick. I got a full open field in movies. I got to yeah, get in there. You got to dig in. Um, so I'm going to go again. This is one of those ones where it's it's the, you know, the the coin flip. Which one do I want? I'm looking at what you've got. I'm looking mm -hmm. at what's available. But at the same time, I, I need to try and be competitive in this movie category that I think I'm already falling way behind on. It's a little more of, we'll call it a, a niche pick, but knowing some of the people that listen to our podcast, I think this could work for me. I'm going to go with arguably the, one of, if not the best sequels ever made, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, that's a good pick. So that's my first movie pick, and it's my fifth overall pick in the draft. I definitely would have probably went with that one. Uh, that was the one that I was actually going to take next and then i decided to go back to tv well yeah and i i'm looking at yours i'm going he's got et and fast times i'm like well star trek's sort of sci-fi et sort of sci-fi does he want to double up i'm like i think it's just by the numbers at this point if you could nail down all three of them so i'm kind of glad you didn't go back to movies right away because i felt i needed that to stay in the running yeah like you said i mean it was it was one of the best sequels of all time and it, it really does speak 1982 i think it would have i still would have probably went with it so that, that's a pretty good pick and it holds up i mean we, we oh, yeah. did it on this podcast we just, and yeah we it's one it of those yeah, it's one of those movies where um, even though 
it came out in the 80s and a lot of stuff from that era the the sci-fi and the special effects don't hold up as well star trek always seems to to do a really good job with it and um no, even though like Star Trek hasn't been an enduring franchise, there are still versions of it on the air to this day. Uh, they're constantly rebooting and reimagining. But even new Star Trek fans will go back and watch Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan and uh, and enjoy it. There's just so much to, so much to enjoy about it. So I'm, I'm happy with that. pick. All right. I think I got to go to another song here. And um, the movie Rocky three. I told you not that long ago. Me and my son, I made him watch it, and he really enjoyed it. That was a big part of 1982, and one of the most memorable parts of that movie was the song Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Yep, so I'm going to go with that. So uh, they didn't really do much else as a band. Uh, they were pretty much a one-hit wonder, but man, what a hit it was. <laughs> it was. It's a song that everyone knows, and I think when you, when you think back to 1982, this song kind of sticks out. It does for me, at least, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I was I was torn between Eye of the Tiger and 1999, both of which are great songs, but I had to go with Prince over Survivor. But I think those are both good picks. So if you hadn't taken that, I was I was leaning into that one next. So, all right, uh, I'm going to go back to movies because I need another movie. And I'm going to take the one that I have written down here in big block capital letters, Chris Pick. <laughs> and that is Tootsie. Oh, yes. Oh, God, that's a good one. God, that's I figured good. that was where you might go. But I'm like, he's got Fast Times Richmond High. He may not, but... Uh, I figure I, you've got a sci-fi and a comedy. I've got a sci-fi and a comedy. So let let the chips fall where they may. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, I was flipping around the channels and Tootsie was on cable. Needless to say, I watched it again. That movie is fantastic. It is fantastic. I know we we, we reviewed it here on the podcast. You did, I don't think you really cared for it all that much, did you? Nah, it was just okay. Yeah. I uh, I had ah. some issues with uh, looking at it through today's lens. I had I had some issues, but um bill murray fantastic he's got a small part but like he kills it every scene he's in i don't know man dustin hoffman was great in it too i thought i think movies like tootsie don't come along very often and and, and for me it's a very special movie it it just had everything working just right for it like if you think about it like the cast the script the direction the score the song in it like all of it it just all works it, just, it works on a different level than, than just your average comedy or even drama. It's a special movie. So that's that, that's a good pick. I like that one. All right. Um, so we both got two movies. And we both got two TV shows and two songs. So it's kind of anybody's game at this point. What the yep. hell am I? We're, we're going to start locking out the categories, which will probably influence where the other guy goes next. So. Absolutely it will. Oh, geez. Do I want to go there? All right, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. It's probably not something you were going to pick, but I don't care. I think it would round up my list good. I'm going to go back to movies. And this movie was a pretty big hit. It finished fifth at the box office with $129 million. And that's An Officer and a Gentleman. This movie is really, really, really good. And I remember there was a lot of conflict on the set when they were making the movie. Uh, Richard Gere and Deborah Winger absolutely hated each other when they were making this. Although I guess to be fair, Deborah Winger, she's probably, you know, widely known as one of the hardest people to work with in, in Hollywood history. But I tell you, the results were just like off the charts, like just outstanding. They, they had this unreal chemistry together on screen. I think maybe some of the best on screen chemistry I've ever seen. Louis Gossett Jr. was unreal as the drill sergeant. He, he, he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for this. This movie is so good. It works on so many levels. It's it's a, it's about love and sex and friendship and 
honor and it's just it's got it all it's got so i'm gonna go with an officer and a gentleman that's a good movie so i'm gonna wrap up my movies with that one i i've never seen it and honestly i don't really have any desire to see it unless you tell me to watch it for this podcast it wasn't on my list yeah and i might have to uh, nominate maybe it maybe just because i don't know the movie i didn't but yeah well uh okay you made me really nervous because I was just about to go to a songs and it sounded like you were leaning into where I was going and I'm taking mm-hmm. beat it by Michael Jackson. Mm, good for you. I was like, when you said at the beginning, when you made your song pick and you're like, I'm taking off the thriller album. I'm like, Oh, my number one pick was beat it. And you're like, I'm taking thriller. And I'm like, Oh, well, he's leaving beat it on the, on the thing then. And then you were just a minute ago. I don't know if I want to double up on that. I'm like, no, he's taking two from thriller. Don't do that. So I don't know if that's what you were actually thinking, but so my third and final song pick is Beat It by Michael Jackson. You remember when we had our show on Michael Jackson's songs? I, I, I feel like you put Thriller first on that. I did. Um, yeah, I did. But you, but you but wanted still, to. I still like Beat It. I think Beat It is, I yeah. think Beat It is more of a fan favorite. When we do our top fives, it's our personal things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to win the pool. I'm trying mm-hmm. to appeal to the mass audience here. Why do you think I picked Tootsie? I don't like that movie, but it's mm. a pretty big movie from okay. the year. Yeah, it's a good movie too. So I got to get with a TV show or a song here. You need a TV show. You've already got your song, so I got to go with a TV show here. It only makes sense. What the hell am I going to take though? Oh my goodness. So the problem is that there's one TV show that I kind of want to go with, but I don't think anybody knows it or will like it. So I'm going to go with yeah, I, have, something. I have like five TV shows listed and I'm like, I don't I don't know any of these shows. I just know they were I recognize like name recognition. And I'm like, well, hopefully the judges know these shows, too. So I'm like, for me, mm. it's literally just close my eyes and pick one. No, there, there's one TV show that I like, but it only lasted the one season and it got canceled. Uh, but I think it might resonate. No, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go with uh, my TV show. I'm going to take a TV show. I'm going to go with Silver Spoons. I think nowadays Ricky Schroeder has become a bit of a punchline. And he's now, he, by the way, he's one of these misguided freedom fighter people, by the way, Derek. But but back in 1982, he was like a child actor. He was coming off movies like The Champ and he got his own TV show, Silver Spoons. But the thing was, it wasn't him that made this show. It was the supporting cast. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. His dad, Edward Stratton III, it was Joel Higgins. He was mm-hmm. like this rich guy, but he acted like a kid. He had our arcade games and pinball machines, and he had this toy train that he'd ride around the house. And then Erin Gray was in it, and she was from Buck Rogers. And also Alfonso Ribeiro in the in the days before The Fresh Prince. Obviously. Before he was Carlton. Yeah. And even Jason Baton got started on this show. So it, it's yeah. very 80s, and that's what this draft is all about. So I got to go with Silver Spoons. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to play to the judges a little, and although I think my TV picks are quite strong, I'm going to mm-hmm. try and just tug on those uh, those favorites, and uh, who doesn't love William Shatner? I'm taking TJ Hooker. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I, I've never and, seen and an I've episode just, of TJ Hooker, but also uh, Adrian Zemed was in episode. it. Never Remember saw Adrian? one episode, but uh, I know I know people know it, and they know that's what... Heather Locklear was in it too, wasn't she? Yes, yes. And I just realized I have Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, so I got the double Shat on my list. So, for better or for worse, I'm riding with Shatner tonight. Nice. Nice. So okay. you need a song, and I need a movie. And then we so go to our personal we can stand so, All right. Now, in all fairness, if I had not taken Beat It, and that was still on the board, would you have taken it as, no. your, as a no. song? Would you no, I would have taken Billie Jackson? Jean before I Beat It. I would have taken Billie Jean before Beat It. No question. Oh, ah, okay. Um, I am really struggling with this song because... 
it's really down but between two you've already taken your song so i don't know i'm, I'm yeah you can be- you can talk it out yeah, I, I guess i can talk it out here, i'm debating between more. hurt so good by john cougar and white wedding by billy idol but when i think back to 1982 i think about being 12 years old at the local video arcade and, you know, we were there playing games like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. And they always had music playing in the background of the arcade. And the one song that always stands out to me, it reminds me of being at the arcade, is Billy Idol's White Wedding. So I'm going to go with that. When I think nice. of music from 1982, I, I think of this song. I don't know. I mean, it's from the album Billy Idol. It was released in July of 1982. It's probably one of his most recognizable songs. And, you know... Just the one that people think of when they think of Billy. So I'm going to go with that. So White Wedding is my my, my third song. Nice. Yeah, it's on my list. I, I, I Like I said, I got a list of about 15 songs. It's like about seventh or eighth on my list. If I was, you had were to pick between those two, which one did you like better? Hurt So Good or... Oh, no, I was going John Cougar. I had Jack and Diane yeah. was my next song. And then yeah, again, see, I was like, do I pick Jack and Diane or Hurt So Good? And that was, I have them both written on the same line. And so if I had come to that, I would have been torn between the two songs. And I know Jack and Diane's popular, but let me tell you, as a former DJ who used to do weddings and parties, even up until like the early 2000s, whenever I would play Hurt So Good, the dance floor would be packed. People oh, yeah. love this song. It's just one of those songs that make you just kind of jump. Remember that scene in Footloose when they go to the bar? And Sarah Jessica Parker can't can't stop herself, and she like runs out on the dance floor and starts dancing. Like it was hurt so good that was playing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was I was really torn on that one. So, all right, so it's over to you. You got to pick your last movie. What do you want to take? All right, yeah. So, I mean, on my list here, I've still got Blade Runner, The Thing, Forty Eight Hours, oh. Dark Crystal, awesome. Rocky Three. They're all decent, but they're all sort of they all sort of have their little niche. And I I mean. I'm not. I'm because I already have Star Trek too. I'm. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to go Blade Runner, The Thing, because those are both sci-fi. Or Tron is on the list too. But I'm like, meh. Um, I think I'm just going to go with uh, with name recognition and star power, and I'm going to go with Forty Eight Hours. That's a good one, and that that is that is Eddie Murphy's best film. I think it was his first movie. Um, people think of him more for Beverly Hills Cop, I think. But when you go back and watch them again, Forty Eight Hours was so. Oh, good because it's not just a comedy it's a gritty it is actually yeah i would say it's one of the best cop sort of partner buddy films ever made it's that it's good. definitely one of the first yeah. of that genre yeah. and it's certainly spawned the buddy cop genre where it's the the you know the goofy cop and the serious cop the young cop the old cop and it, it you know that that formula was duplicated through the 80s and 90s and and you still see it today but through the 80s this became a blueprint for everything else that came after it and i think i i don't think it gets enough credit for being the first big successful movie to use this formula and demonstrate that this will work. And I like um, the way that they that they use race in this movie. It's not stereotypical. Yeah. It's like it, it it flips a lot of things on its head. That's a, that is one good movie, man. That is. A yeah. I honestly, movie. I haven't seen it in geez, probably 20 years. So I may have to suggest that for our 1982 pick when it comes to my pick. But anyway, we'll see. All right. Good. So you've got yours. Can you read back the lists? What do you have? What are your three, three, sure. and three, and my three, three, before okay. we do our personal picks? So first of all, under movies, I went with E.T., Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and An Officer and a Gentleman. Your three movies are Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Tootsie, and 48 Hours. 
Moving on to TV shows, I have Knight Rider, New Heart, and Silver Spoons. And you have Cheers, Family Ties, and TJ Hooker. When we get to songs, I have Thriller by Michael Jackson, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, and White Wedding by Billy Idol. And your three songs are Hungry Like the Wolf from Duran Duran, 1999 by Prince, and Beat It by Michael Jackson. So it's time now for a personal pick. I have written down here, Chris's personal pick underlined. I'm like, I'm making a bold prediction. The thing is, I mentioned this already. I just don't know if I want to... Do I go here? I'm so torn. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do on this pick. I think I want to... Like, I'm leaning toward going with a movie. There's There's a TV show that I like, and remind me after this is over, and I'll tell you what it is, that... The TV show that got canceled after one season, but I think I don't like it. Um, um, I'm going to go with a movie. I just have to decide between these two. And I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with Porky's. I think I got to go with Porky's. Wow. I, yeah. I honestly, I didn't know Porky's came out in 82. It, it was, was not it, my list. It was screened in Colorado Springs, Colorado and Columbia, South Carolina in November of 81, but it, 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 it was released in uh, North America on March 19th, 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished sixth at the box office that year, $105 million. Technically, it's a Canadian film. Uh, yeah. they, use, they use Canada for production reasons, like to, to secure financing for it, because a, a Canadian company co-financed the film. And, but they shot it in Florida. I think when you, when, when, when you think of 80s movies and when the judges reflect on it, one genre that always jumps out from the 80s was that teenage sex comedy. Usually, like, lots of gratuitous nudity, lots of profanity and drinking alcohol and sneaking into bars and all that stuff. And this movie was the king of all of those things. So I think when you think of those raunchy 80s comedies, you think of Porky's. So I think I got to go with Porky's. And I I always really enjoyed this movie, too. So, all right. You should, you should watch it the next time you're on a Delta flight. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ride right on the coattails of everything you just said. Because I am picking an 80s sex teen comedy romp with nudity and inappropriate behavior and all that stuff. It's a personal pick of mine, personal favorite. I I was going to recommend that we review it as my 1982 pick, Mm -hmm. but I cannot find it on any streaming service, download service, rental service, anywhere. And I'm not about to buy a DVD for 99 bucks. Uh, especially not this crappy movie, but, or I I mean, crappy in the sense that it didn't do well. Uh, And I'm going with one of my all-time favorite movies from uh, from when I was a little kid is Zapped, starring Scott Baio. Is it Ames? What's his name? Willie Ames, Ames, baby. Willie Ames, Ames, there's it. Guest appearance by Scatman Crothers. Oh, yes, love him. It's, uh, yeah, this is one of those ones where, When I was younger and I would spend summers with my cousins who were the same age I am, their parents would rent us a ridiculous amount of movies from the local video store. But at the time, the local video store was basically like, you know, the size of a broom closet and they only had like 50 movies to pick from. And Zapped was one of the movies they had that we kept renting over and over and over and over again. And as kids who read comic books, the idea of a teenager getting superpowers and using it to like lift girls skirts and open up their tops so you could see their boobs. I was like, yeah, I could get behind this movie as a 12 year old boy. And uh, so, yeah, it's always been a movie I, that I've enjoyed. I haven't seen it since the eighties, which is why I was going to recommend we watch it, but I just, I can't find a copy of it anywhere. But I went back this afternoon and I rewatched the trailer and just the whole movie just came flooding back from that 92nd trailer. So 
I got to go with Zapped as my personal pick. I think some of the judges are probably going to be like, I've never even heard of this movie. But uh, I know at least one judge who's a big fan of Scott Bayo who's going to see that on the list and say, that's the winner right there. So got to appeal to the judges sometimes. Nice. Yeah, I know that's... You know what? At the at the end of this show, we've got to nominate uh, a film to watch next time, and that was probably number one on my list to actually nominate. Um, oh, geez, that's a good movie. I like that one a lot. Like you said, it's really. I thought it was. I thought it was on. Um, I thought I saw it on the streaming services recently. I was looking. Well, for there it. was there was a movie that came out in 2021 on the Disney Network called Zap that I think sort of borrows on this idea, except it's a young girl who gets the telekinetic powers and it's obviously a lot more tame if it's Disney. So that is readily available. Um, and that was the problem I found when I kept searching online is it kept giving me the 20, 2020 or 2021 version of it. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want the 1982 version with Scott Bale. So no, I just, I couldn't find it anywhere. But Chris on my list here, mm-hmm. I have in bold capital letters, underlined three times Chris's pick I was sure your personal pick was going to be Night Shift it was really close it was really close for me because of Henry Winkler being in it yeah and, and it's like, good too like this, it's, I'm it's like this has got to be Chris's pick I thought you know what uh, professional courtesy I'm just going to stay out of the way and not choose it the reason I didn't go with it and and the reason I didn't go with Rocky 3 as my personal pick I didn't go with Rocky 3 as my personal pick and I wanted to because I had already picked the song so I didn't want to That's double true. up there. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. And I didn't go, I didn't go with Night Shift because I don't think a lot of people know that movie. And and we're really yeah, trying to appeal to, for votes here. And so as much as I like Night Shift and Michael, like Michael Keaton was phenomenal. He was a breakout yeah. star in that movie. But uh, I just didn't think it would work. So I, I thought Porky's is something that people might remember a bit more. The, um, the TV show that I was thinking about uh, going with was actually Square Pegs. You ever heard of that? I, I I heard of it. I I remember watching it when I was younger, but again, I was only eight years old in 1982, so it didn't really speak to me. But I, I, it's definitely held on, and and resonates as something that was big in the 80s, despite the fact that it only had a handful of episodes. It was like a lesser known show, but let me tell you, for for those those Gen Xers, you know, that are that are in the know, you know, they know this show is great, and, and the thing was. When it came out, there was nothing like it on TV. It only lasted one season. Like, 20 episodes, it got canceled. And it just it just wasn't a hit. But I, I think th- there was a lot of problems. Like, I mean, there was a lot of drug use by the cast and the studio. They didn't want to risk any, you know, bad press, so they just shut down the show. But in a lot of ways, it reminds me of Freaks and, and Geeks. Remember that show from 99? Yeah, yeah um, that one I know very well. It also only lasted one season. It was all, all about high school in the 80s. Um, but Square Pigs came out in 82. Uh, it was, I don't know, it, it was about high school in the 80s. So it was like, it was like perfect. And, and, and Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. Um, she was this breakout star on Broadway before that. She did Annie. And so then she got this TV gig and it was written by Ann Beats. She came from uh, Saturday Night Live. You know, the first incarnation with Belushi and Aykroyd and Radner. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. It was it was a good show, but again, I just I just don't know if it resonate and get enough votes. So I don't know. So okay, so that's a draft. So we did it. We're gonna submit this to our our panel of judges, and we're gonna see who uh, gets the most votes. And we're gonna come back next time, and we are going to uh, see who wins the Funko Fonzie trophy. But in the meantime, it is time to have some fun with Caveman. <laughs> Derek, we've done this many, many times. We've done many drafts. You know how this, this segment works. Okay, this segment mm-hmm. is super easy when we get here. It's it's trivia based on 1982. 
Okay, so pop culture from 1982. Yeah. You, you know what to expect. There's no surprise. You can probably research all this stuff before you come in. Okay, some of them are easy. Hopefully, some of them will be a little bit more difficult, but they're all going to be fun. So, over the course of its history, 13 cast members from Saturday Night Live have died. On March 5th, 1982, this was the first SNL cast member to pass away. Can you name the cast member? Um, well, I thought, I thought the first one was Belushi, but I thought it was earlier in 82. I'm going to go with Belushi. You are correct. John Belushi was the first SNL cast member to pass away. Okay. Although it was originally released in 1979, the Sony Walkman, remember those, Derek? Yipper. I still have one. Yeah. Yeah. They really took off in 1980. Not an original. I have a much later release. Oh God. I had one when I was a teenager. I loved it. Okay, so within $10, Derek, what was the average price of a Sony Walkman in 1982? $90. It was $129. They were expensive. Oh, I thought it was like 99 bucks, yeah, so I was playing expensive. a conservative. All right. And that's in 1980s dollars. That would probably be yeah. like two, 300 bucks today, oh, money. Yeah, big time. Okay, on March 19th, 1982, this heavy metal guitarist was killed in an airplane crash. Can you name him? Wow. Leonard Skinner. No, that's not even a real person. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. He started with an Quiet airplane crash. Riot, and then he went on to be Ozzy's guitarist for his first two albums before he died. No, I have no, I have no idea. Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Sure. Okay. Back in 1982... This group of females use terms such as like, as if, totally, and grody to the max. What group of females use those kind of terms? Those would be the Valley Girls. Oh, yes, they would. Okay, so E.T., we already mentioned, was the highest grossing movie of the year. It was also nominated for Best Picture. However, it didn't win the Oscar for Best Picture. I think the Academy still probably had it in for Steven Spielberg back then. You know, they didn't take him seriously yeah. as a director. Whatever. They're dumb. Uh, but Derek, so what film took home the gold as best picture in 1982? I'm pretty sure it was Gandhi. It was. Okay. So also, and that's, the, uh, I mean, Hollywood loves those kinds of movies. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. definitely a big part of why it won over E.T. Absolutely. Those period pieces and epics and all that. Yeah. Okay. So, so at the Oscars, Foreign films are usually relegated to the best foreign film category only. However, back in 1982, one foreign film was nominated for six Academy Awards. Derek, can you name, give you a hint, the German film yeah. that was yeah. highly critically acclaimed back in 1982? Yeah, it was uh, It was a Bergmar fil Bergman film. It was, um, was it Cries and Whispers? <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Wolfgang Wild Peterson's Das Boot. Oh, Das Boot. Das Boot. I've never seen Das Boot. Yeah, six never Academy seen. Awards it was nominated for. Didn't win any of them, but it was up. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with two TV questions for you. Okay? Okay. So the Emmy Awards, Derek, they're, they're given out to uh, Outstanding Achievement in the Medium of Television. All right? For 1982, what TV series won the Emmy for Outstanding Drama? series Hill Street Blues 
pretty good. Could you name one of the other four nominees from that year? Hmm. I'm looking at my list of shows that debuted in 82 and I'm thinking, I don't know if any of these shows doesn't have to debut in 82. Remember? I know, I know, but I'm just, cause I can't think of some, uh, probably some of those like primetime evening soap operas, like let's say like Dallas. Oh, it's so dynasty dynasty. Dynasty. I wanted to say dynasty and I switched it at the last second. Uh, so Hill street blues one dynasty fame, Lou Grant and Magnum PI were all nominated. I did have fame on my TV picks, but it was my eighth pick on the list. All right. And finally, what TV series took home the Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series in 1982? Didn't you already say it was Cheers? I'm going to say Cheers. No, I'm sorry. It was Barney Miller. Oh, that's fair. Barney Miller. Can you name one of the other four nominees? Cheers. Actually, it was Matt. I thought you said it won all the Emmys in the first year it was out. Uh, I think it was the second year, I guess. MASH okay. was nominated. Taxi. Yeah. Love okay. Sydney. And, believe it or not, WKRP in Cincinnati was nominated. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was his nice. last season in 1982. Then it got canceled after that year. Oh, go mm. figure. All right. Well, you did pretty good on that one. So, um, we're, like I say, we're going to send our fantasy draft list off to our esteemed panel of judges. And they're going to vote. And then next time out, we're going to announce the winner. We're going to see who gets the old Funko Fonzie trophy here. So I guess it's over to me. I got to pick a film. And the thing was, I'm really, really torn as to what movie I want to watch. I I was leaning towards Zapped. But now you're telling me we can't watch this movie anywhere. We can't get it on any of the streaming services. I I couldn't find it. I couldn't find. I thought for sure. Pick something else just to be on the safe side. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure that it was on uh, it was on Netflix. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to dip into my pool of movies. I think, yeah. And I, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to make you, I mentioned this earlier, I'm going to make you watch it. So why don't we watch it and we'll come back and review it. And that's an officer and a gentleman. So we're going to watch an officer and a gentleman from 1982. You've never seen it, correct? I've never seen it. Good. So you get a chance to watch it. I haven't seen it in 25, 30 years. So it'll be a chance for me to go back and watch it. So we'll watch an officer and a gentleman with Richard Gere and Deborah Winger. And we'll come back and we'll talk about that. You up for that? Sure. As long as we can find it on one of the services or I can rent it for a reasonable price. Yeah, for sure. You should be able to find it somewhere, I'm sure. So that's what we're going to do. So next time out, we're going to watch, uh, we're going to talk about Officer and Gentleman. We'll announce who the winner of this uh, draft is. But until then, this is Chris McBrien on behalf of myself, Derek Myers, our producer Sloth, saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show.